Section 52 of The Rainbow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Rainbow by D. H. Lawrence. Chapter 16, Part 1. The Rainbow. Ursula went home to Beldover faint, dim, closed up. She could scarcely speak or notice. It was as if her energy were frozen. Her people asked her what was the matter. She told them she had broken off the engagement with Skrebensky. They looked blank and angry, but she could not feel any more. The weeks crawled by in apathy. He would have sailed for India now. She was scarcely interested. She was inert, without strength or interest. Suddenly a shock ran through her, so violent that she thought she was struck down. Was she with child? She had never been so stricken under the pain of herself and of him. This had never occurred to her. Now, like a flame, it took hold of her limbs and body. Was she with child? In the first flaming hours of wonder, she did not know what she felt. She was as if tied to the stake. The flames were licking her and devouring her, but the flames were also good. They seemed to wear her away to rest. What she felt in her heart and her womb she did not know. It was a kind of swoon. Then gradually the heaviness of her heart pressed and pressed into consciousness. What was she doing? Was she bearing a child? Bearing a child? To what? Her flesh thrilled, but her soul was sick. It seemed this child like the seal set on her own nullity. Yet she was glad in her flesh that she was with child. She began to think that she would write to Skrebensky, that she would go out to him and marry him and live simply as a good wife to him. What did the self, the form of life, matter? Only the living from day to day mattered, the beloved existence in the body, rich, peaceful, complete, with no beyond, no further trouble, no further complication. She had been wrong, she had been arrogant and wicked, wanting that other thing, that fantastic freedom, that illusory, conceited fulfillment which she had imagined she could not have with Skabrinsky. Who was she to be wanting some fantastic fulfillment in her life? Was it not enough that she had her man, her children, her place of shelter under the sun? Was it not enough for her, as it had been enough for her mother? She would marry and love her husband and fill her place simply. That was the ideal. Suddenly she saw her mother in a just and true light. Her mother was simple and radically true. She had taken the life that was given. She had not, in her arrogant conceit, insisted on creating life to fit herself. Her mother was right, profoundly right, and she herself had been false, trashy, conceited. A great mood of humility came over her, and in this humility a bondage sort of peace. She gave her limbs to the bondage. She loved the bondage. She called it peace. In this state she sat down to write Skobrinsky. Since you left me I have suffered a great deal, and so have come to myself. I cannot tell you the remorse I feel for my wicked, perverse behavior. It was given to me to love you, and to know your love for me. But instead of thankfully, on my knees taking what God had given me, I must have the moon in my keeping. I must insist on having the moon for my own, because I could not have it. Everything else must go. I do not know if you can ever forgive me. I could die with shame to think of my behavior with you during our last times, and I don't know if I could ever bear to look you in the face again. Truly the best thing would be for me to die and cover my fantasies forever. 
but i find i am with child so that cannot be it is your child and for that reason i must revere it and submit my body entirely to its welfare entertaining no thought of death which once more is largely conceit therefore because you once loved me because this child is your child i ask you to have me back if you will cable me one word i will come to you as soon as i can i swear to you to be a dutiful wife and to serve you in all things for now i only hate myself and my own conceited foolishness i love you i love the thought of you you were natural and decent all through whilst i was so false once i am with you again i shall ask no more than to rest in your shelter all my life this letter she wrote sentence by sentence as if from her deepest sincerest heart she felt that now now she was at the depths of herself this was her true self forever with this document she would appear before god at the judgment day for what had a woman but to submit what was her flesh but for childbearing her strength for her children and her husband the giver of life at last she was a woman she posted her letter to his club to be forwarded to him in calcutta he would receive it soon after his arrival in india within three weeks of his arrival there in a month's time she would receive word from him then she would go she was quite sure of him she thought only of preparing her garments and of living quietly peacefully till the time when she should join him again and her history would be concluded forever the peace held like an unnatural calm for a long time she was aware however of a gathering restiveness a tumult impending within her she tried to run away from it she wished she could hear from skrebinski in answer to her letter so that her course should be resolved she should be engaged in fulfilling her fate it was this inactivity which made her liable to the revulsion she dreaded it was curious how little she cared about his not having written to her before it was enough that she had sent her letter she would get the required answer that was all one afternoon in early october feeling the seething rising to madness within her she slipped out into the rain to walk abroad lest the house should suffocate her everywhere was drenched wet and deserted the grimed houses glowed dull red the butt-houses burned scarlet in a gleam of light under the glistening blackish purple slates ursula went on towards wiley green she lifted her face and walked swiftly seeing the passage of light across the shallow valley seeing the colliery and its clouds of steam for a moment visionary in dim brilliance away in the chaos of rain then the veils closed again she was glad of the rain's privacy and intimacy making on towards the wood she saw the pale gleam of wily water through the cloud below she walked the open space where hawthorn trees streamed like hair on the wind and round bushes were presences slowing through the atmosphere it was very splendid free and chaotic yet she hurried to the wood for shelter there the vast booming overhead vibrated down and encircled her tree trunks spanned the circle of tremendous sound myriads of tree trunks enormous and streaked black with water thrust like stanchions upright between the roaring overhead and the sweeping of the circle underfoot she glided between the tree trunks afraid of them they might turn and shut her in as she went through their marshalled silence so she flitted along keeping an illusion that she was unnoticed she felt like a bird that has flown in through the window of a hall where vast warriors sit at the board between their grave booming ranks she was hastening assuming she was unnoticed 
till she emerged with beating heart through the far window and out into the open upon the vivid green marshy meadow she turned under the shelter of the common seeing the great veils of rain swinging with slow floating waves across the landscape she was very wet and a long way from home far enveloped in the rain and the waving landscape she must beat her way back through all this fluctuation back to stability and security a solitary thing she took the track straight across the wilderness going back the path was a narrow groove in the turf between high sere tussocky grass it was scarcely more than a rabbit run so she moved swiftly along watching her footing going like a bird on the wind with no thought contained in motion but her heart had a small living seed of fear as she went through the wash of hollow space suddenly she knew there was something else some horses were looming in the rain not near yet but they were going to be near her she continued her path inevitably there were horses in the lee of a clump of trees beyond above her she pursued her way with bent head she did not want to lift her face to them she did not want to know they were there she went on into the wild track she knew the heaviness of her heart it was the weight of the horses but she would circumvent them she would bear the weight steadily and so escape she would go straight on and on and be gone by suddenly the weight deepened and her heart grew tense to bear it her breathing was labored but this weight also she could bear she knew without looking that the horses were moving nearer what were they she felt the thud of their heavy hoofs on the ground what was it that was drawing near her what weight oppressing her heart she did not know she did not look yet now her way was cut off they were blocking her way back she knew they had gathered on a log bridge over the sedgy dyke a dark heavy powerfully heavy knot yet her feet went on and on they would burst before her her feet went on and on and tense and more tense became her nerves and her veins they ran hot they ran white hot they must fuse and she must die but the horses had burst before her in a sort of lightning of knowledge their movement travelled through her the quiver and strain and thrust of their powerful flanks as they burst before her and drew on beyond she knew that they had not gone she knew that they awaited her still but she went on over the log bridge that their hoofs had churned and drummed she went on knowing things about them she was aware of their breasts gripped clenched narrow in a hole that never relaxed she was aware of their red nostrils flaming with long endurance and of their haunches so rounded so massive pressing 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 to burst the grip upon their breasts pressing forever till they went mad running against the walls of time and never bursting free their great haunches were smoothed and darkened with rain but the darkness and wetness of rain could not put out the hard urgent massive fire that was locked within these flanks never never she went on drawing near she was aware of the great flash of hoofs a bluish iridescent flash surrounding a hollow of darkness large large seemed the blue incandescent flash of the hoof iron large as a halo of lightning round the knotted darkness of the flanks like circles of lightning came the flash of hoofs from out of the powerful flanks they were awaiting her again they had gathered under an oak tree knotting their awful blind triumphing flanks together and waiting waiting they were waiting for her approach as if from a far distance she was drawing near towards the line of twiggy oak trees where they made their intense darkness gathered on a single bank she must draw near but they broke away 
they cantered round made a wide circle to avoid noticing her and cantered back into the open hillside behind her they were behind her the way was open before her to the gate and the high hedge in the near distance so she could pass into the smaller cultivated field and so out to the high road and the ordered world of man her way was clear she lulled her heart yet her heart was couched with fear couched with fear all along suddenly she hesitated as if seized by lightning she seemed to fall yet found herself faltering forward with small steps the thunder of horses galloping down the path behind her shook her the weight came down upon her down to the moment of extinction she could not look round so the horses thundered upon her cruelly they swerved and crashed by on her left hand she saw the fierce flanks crinkled and as yet inadequate the great hoofs flashing bright as yet only brandished about her and one by one the horses crashed by intent working themselves up they had gone by brandishing themselves thunderously about her and closing her they slackened their burst transport then they slowed down and cantered together into a knot once more in the corner by the gate and the trees ahead of her they stirred they moved uneasily they settled their uneasy flanks into one group one purpose they were up against her her heart was gone she had no more heart she knew she dare not draw near that concentrated knitted flank of the horse group had conquered it stirred uneasily awaiting her knowing its triumph it stirred uneasily with the uneasiness of awaited triumph her heart was gone her limbs were dissolved she was dissolved like water all the hardness and looming power was in the massive body of the horse group her feet faltered she came to a standstill it was the crisis the horses stirred their flanks uneasily she looked away failing on her left two hundred yards down the slope the thick hedge ran parallel at one point there was an oak tree she might climb into the boughs of that oak tree and so round and drop on the other side of the hedge shuddering with limbs like water dreading every moment to fall she began to work her way as if making a wide detour round the horse mass the horses stirred their flanks in a knot against her she trembled forward as if in a trance then suddenly in a flame of agony she darted seized the rugged knots of the oak tree and began to climb her body was weak but her hands were as hard as steel she knew she was strong she struggled in a great effort till she hung on the bow she knew the horses were aware she gained her foothold on the bow the horses were loosening their knot stirring trying to realize she was working her way round to the other side of the tree as they started to canter toward her she fell in a heap on the other side of the hedge for some moments she could not move then she saw through the rabbit-cleared bottom of the hedge the great working hoofs of the horses as they cantered near she could not bear it she rose and walked swiftly diagonally across the field the horses galloped along the other side of the hedge to the corner where they were held up she could feel them there in their huddled group all the while she hastened across the bare field they were almost pathetic now her will alone carried her till trembling she climbed the fence under a leaning thorn tree that overhung the grass by the high road the use went from her she sat on the fence leaning back against the trunk of the thorn tree motionless as she sat there spent time and the flux of change passed away from her 
she lay as if unconscious upon the bed of the stream like a stone unconscious unchanging unchangeable whilst everything rolled by in transience leaving her there a stone at rest on the bed of the stream inalterable and passive sunk to the bottom of all change and as section fifty two